Hello, and welcome to Casually Obsessed, a podcast about obsession-worthy pop culture. I'm your host, Chelsea Bergen, and each episode, I'm joined by a guest to talk about a piece of content we can't stop thinking about. If you like the show, please subscribe and share it with your friends. For show notes, transcripts, and more info about the show, you can visit casuallyobsessedpodcast.com. You can also find the show on Instagram at casuallyobsessedpodcast. Okay, now that we've got that out of the way, let's start the show. Sarah Dessen, um, author of, I think at this point, 20 young adult novels. 20. Yeah. Um, and I found out that you were a fan of Sarah Dessen because I was getting rid of some books when I was moving and I posted a picture of like books to see if anybody wanted them. And I had two Sarah Dessen novels in there. I believe it was Lock and Key and what happened to goodbye um and you commented on the instagram post i never received these books did i ask for them <laughs> no i think you just um wanted to say something about sarah dessen you made a very pithy comment about like my favorite sarah dessen one oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> is the is the one where her dad dies or he leaves or her mom dies and she leaves <laughs> and she's afraid to make friends and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Basically yeah. just describing the plot of all, all of her books. Every yeah. Sarah Dessen novel. Yeah. Yeah. I you know, I, I, I said that with love towards Sarah Dessen though. It's like you can't really make that joke unless you've read I mean you could, but like unless you've read like all of it, you know? Yeah. Or close to. Yeah. It's a it's a template that works, you know, problematic parent relationship, fear of abandonment, right. uh perfectionism. And then you meet a ragtag group of messy people who teach you how to love, basically. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the way that my life's working out. <laughs> I was going to say, it's actually <laughs> not dissimilar from my own life story, I guess. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, um, I actually, I like recently like reread a couple of the books um, to kind of, see how they've aged you know or I guess how I've aged in contrast to the books and yeah I was surprised at like one how much I like kind of remembered like how um I guess like vital or instrumental they kind of were to like my like YA journey yeah where I'm like oh yeah I remember this happening or I remember this you know um but also just like how much like that format like that formulaic kind of thing like really stood out like as an adult where I was like oh you know like she really does like it's the problem with the mom and then she meets the guy you know who <laughs> who's all wrong for her or makes her want to open up more than she should um and then through the power of love you know <laughs> learns how to overcome her anxiety or her parental issues or you know uh 
it's a it's like a it's a teenage like fantasy i think you know like the you know you find love and everything's better now yeah yeah i uh i was rereading uh just listen Mm-hmm. which I kind of remembered like I remembered it as like this hit with like my friends and I were like just listen was like the book you know it wasn't even inherently like my book like it wasn't my favorite but it was like like crowd favorite like this is the Sarah Dessen book at least in my head um and I realized like as an adult that like uh, what was his name Owen the like lead character in that book I was like, oh, I don't like this guy, <laughs> like, at all. Like, this guy, like, his whole thing, like, the whole thing about Just Listen is that, like, she's, like, this, like, kind of perfect girl who, like, something, like, kind of tragic happened to her over, like, the summer, or, like, right as school, like, ended, and then she, like, spent the whole summer apart and without friends and goes back to school, and her ex-best friend is, like, really horrible and, like, says, like, terrible things to her, and then she meets this guy and falls in love and learns how to open up and do all the things. And Owen, um, is a hipster. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, I don't think that there's any other way to say it. Like now, like he's like atrocious. Like he's the whole time. He's just like, you have to listen to this music. And if you listen to any pop music, if you listen to any this, like you're garbage. And like, and then like, he has this like radio show. Do you remember this? Yeah. He has like a radio show where he just like plays like the sounds of like pots and pans banging or something. And he's like, this is true art. Like, like <laughs> come off it. Like just oh. awful. Um, but I remember being a teenager being like, yeah, like, this is the way to be, you know, like, this guy really knows music. And it's like, as I'm listening to, like, Maroon 5 in my bedroom, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was, like, I read that book. And I really, like, I still enjoyed it, you know. But I was just like, this guy is, like, just, ugh, you know, ugh. Yeah. I did not really I remember not really liking that one but I can't actually remember why I didn't really like it I don't think it was I did I don't think it was because I was like this guy's an <laughs> asshole like I don't remember but one thing that I do remember from that book very clearly is that he says something to her or he takes her to a car wash yeah. to listen to music in the car wash and I think about that yeah. anytime I'm yeah. in a car wash which drought so it's been a while since I've been in a car wash but um I will specifically like put on a song to listen to while going through the car wash well you know what's really interesting is that I just went through a car wash like a week ago maybe and I just reread the book like a few days before that and so I I did also have that connotation like and also thought about that when I went through a car wash but for me it was a really weird experience because like when I read that in the book it was actually like her like the lead um like girl character in that book that was like you know it's like the car wash thing like everything sounds better in a car wash and he's like what are you talking about and so they (laughs) go to a car wash and he's like yeah I guess you're right um but like for me like that is always like what I've thought and so (laughs) then I thought like like I've, I've always also had that feeling so then I was like did I just get that feeling from this book or is it something that I've also already like always known because in that book when she says that and I'm like 14 when I'm like reading this book for the first time, like 13 maybe. So it's like, I can't drive, you know, like, and like, I'm just like, does this go 
deeper than like you know like is this something that I'm remembering from like my childhood it's like yeah all music sounds better like this is something that everybody knows right or is it something that I just picked up like in here and just like internalized for the last 10 years of my life you know yeah yeah um I don't have the answer but I did listen to an Alabama Shakes car song in the car and it sounded great yeah I was like "Hmm, thanks just listen yeah I hope that one day someone listens to this podcast while going through the car wash. <laughs> yeah. They, they just listen to this part. <laughs> uh, we'll have to put a, a timestamp on. It's like, okay. Yeah, this before, is the... before going any further, please <laughs> pause, go to a car wash and resume. Yes. <laughs> That's making me think now, like, I wonder if there are things that I have sort of similarly internalized from um reading Sarah Dessen books or other books where I was like yeah this is just like the way that it is but actually it's a thing that I read in a book like I'm sure there are right no yeah yeah I um I reread that um the truth about forever and Oh, what's uh this lullaby? Mm-hmm. And I feel like this just the kind of the concept of like <laughs> of like dating a guy who on the surface seems like all wrong for you. Like I wish that that wasn't a lesson I took <laughs> from those books because I gotta say, like Sarah Dustin has really like cramped my style growing up because it's like when they seem all wrong for you, they probably are, you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's a hard lesson. It's a hard one. Um Yeah, obviously, you know, it it goes deeper in the book and but like yeah. Uh I feel like the thing about those books for me is that like in a lot of ways like they're very unrelatable. Like rereading them now, I'm like I don't understand why I I loved these so much when I was younger because like for me like I am not like I was not like born like middle class I was not born with like two parents or like parents that were ever like really I feel like usually it's like the parents were like together and divorced like in those books you know or uh, a parent died and that was kind of a thing and it's like I don't really have any of those like kind of experiences like the white middle class like you know thing and so it was like kind of interesting like rereading because I was like I just don't I I get why they're compelling, you know, in a certain way because they are kind of like um they're almost like bubblegum, you know, like this kind of like digestible, like kind of fun, light-hearted thing that like also dealt with some kind of like more like quote-unquote adult themes. Um but always in this way that was like easily like digestible, you know, that always kind of ended on this like good positive note which you know most books do right kind of end nicely and neatly but um yeah I I I never really I still kind of don't get like why I identified so much with it yeah I recently read the rest of the story which is one of her I think maybe her most recent book okay and the premise is um 
this girl, her mom died, I think from a drug overdose. And since then, um, she's been living with her dad. Her dad's family has money. Um, but her mom came from like, uh, lived in a small town where they like, uh, a resort town. So like tourists come in for the summer and then they leave. Is it Um, Colby? Um, they're actually, I think it's not Colby. I was expecting it to be, um, and like it seems like maybe somewhere even smaller than that um lake north is what it's called and one side of the town is uh north lake i think that's the the rich side and the other side is lake north okay Um, so there's the rich side, which is where her dad, when he was a teenager, would go for the summer. And then the, um, the poor side where like, um, sort of, I don't know, you have your like townies who run the motel and have six jobs and like, right. What have you. And that's the side where her mom came from. And so she goes, um, the main character through this sort of like series of mishaps has to stay with her mom's family for the summer who she hasn't had any contact with um, since her mom died when she was a little kid. I see. Yeah. And part of her sort of like journey there is kind of coming to terms with some things about her class privilege that she'd never had to think about because she's grown up with her dad where like she never had to think about money um and she never had had to have a job and it wasn't a question that she was going to go to college and then um she meets her cousins and their friends and they all work a bunch of different jobs and they have to save to go to college and it's a whole thing um and as I was reading it I was like I appreciate that she's sort of like trying to bring in a little bit of like she's getting a little spicy yeah yeah um but it was also still so it was still very white yes well and then like it turns out one of her best friends turns out to be gay but it was it's this whole sort of like subplot that's not really a subplot because it's just all of a sudden her friend who like went away to work at a summer camp like meets a girl and gets together and they sort of like don't talk about it and on the one hand it doesn't have to be a big deal but it did feel very sort of like someone told Sarah Dessen she needs to like acknowledge other things other than heterosexuality in her books right and I don't it was kind of weird it was interesting to read Sarah Dessen it seemed like trying to engage with class particularly because that's been something that I've been thinking about a lot lately and see like oh this is um I guess a version of like thinking about class or talking about class but without really having to do any kind of hard engagement with it because it feels very much also like I think a part of a lot of Sarah Dessen's books is the kind of messy people who sort of teach the heroine a lesson usually are the like uh there are maybe more working class people and there's this sort of like just inherent community um 
and they live more interesting lives but not a lot of like interrogation about like what that means or no yeah definitely it feels very much like kind of the you know and i lump it in in here but there's there might be a more apt term for it here but like it's it feels very much like just like white feminist you know like sarah Dessen probably genuinely means well right but there's just so much privilege and like just a lack of like awareness of what it's like to be anything but you know the characters that she's writing and so there's something to be said about like not aiming too far out of that where it becomes like really disingenuine disingenuous but um (laughs) um but uh it still feels like kind of presumably like when she is trying to like okay well like I have no problem with gay people so I'm gonna write them in my book because yeah of course they exist I guess I didn't really think about it it's like well so that's the problem right yeah the problem there is that you didn't think about it um it's really interesting I was reading um this lullaby and it's like I think that's kind of like I feel like her spiciest book that I'd read because (laughs) it's like it's all about like this 17 year old who's like she's already graduated and she's like had tons of sex and like she like has these like friends and she's like always breaking up with guys and she's like you know doesn't believe in love she's too smart for love she's too smart right she's too smart for love her mom's gotten divorced like five times and she like she knows the game right um and you know but then meets the the messy boy who like literally is like falling all over the place you know um in a band in a band right um (laughs) and learns to believe in taking risk or whatever um (laughs) and uh in it she has like this like group of like girlfriends who are all kind of like they kind of like look to her as like almost like the leader you know because like she's the one who like never really gets hurt because you know she she's too smart for love and so she has these two friends um I think it's like Chloe and Jess and there's like this animosity between them that's never like true like it's acknowledged that there's this animosity and they're like always saying mean things to each other but for me reading that as an adult I'm like oh they're gay like I was like oh (laughs) I was like these two girls hardcore love each other and like just like are like both but I was like Sarah Dustin like can't write that right like she doesn't know how but I was like you missed a vo- like a valuable opportunity to just like these two girls are like clearly in love with each other and like I kept reading that book like thinking that like by the end that it was going to be like established that like that was like a thing and it just like never comes up and I'm like Ugh, okay well yeah. it's fine I guess I was wrong but I wasn't I wasn't wrong it's funny that you say that because a lot of her books um sort of have the main character who is the kind of like uptight perfectionist and then the like magical best friend um who I don't know is just like great and I think about like anytime that I have had a best friend that I'm like you're like just so amazing and I'm obsessed with you and like teaching me how to do right. life like it's because I'm in yeah. love with him. right <laughs> I'm like oh like like a year later I'm like oh that's it I get it sorry <laughs> did not did not see it that's why we stopped hanging out because I was too intense I get it (laughs) which I guess is maybe like maybe that is part of like what is relatable like 
or was relatable as a teenager reading Sarah Dessen to be like, I have all these unexamined feelings and I'm right. just like going around. <laughs> <and I> just <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and so that's like the thing about it is like, it doesn't inherently feel like, like by itself as like lost opportunity because it's like, I don't think she knew or like she not even knew, like apparently still like doesn't really know how to like fully like come to terms with that, you know, like within this like newest book and within her old stuff. It's just like there are all these like moments and opportunities, but you're essentially, you know, like she's writing what she knows, you know, and making them different enough so that it's a completely different book, but still fits within that formula and like still kind of caters to the majority you know um yeah yeah but they're like I don't know what it is about them because I read one and I was like okay I'm gonna like just read one to get and then I was like you know what let me just check out two more like I was like I'm just gonna am I gonna go through her whole catalog again this year (laughs) so what's gonna happen um yeah I I was really bummed that I couldn't um find lock and key I didn't, I I was renting them like digitally from the library, which is a really great thing that you can do. Um, Recently have gotten addicted to the Libby app. Yes, Libby. It's so good. (laughs) It's busting all the books. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, I can just, oh yeah, great. 25. Perfect. Um, (laughs) And yeah, so I was reading them through the Libby app, but Lock and Key wasn't on there. Um, And, or maybe someone had already like checked it out or something, but it wasn't on there. And then. Um, I didn't want to buy it because I was like, this was like, this is like now an investment, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, if I buy it, I would want to get it like, act like an actual copy of it and not just like on like a Kindle. Um, I don't know, it was a whole thing. Anyway, <laughs> I feel really bad that I got rid of my copy now. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I'm, like, you know, you did w- what was best <laughs> for you. I don't need a copy of that book, and and that's why I was renting them from the library. Um. But yeah, like I specifically remember Lock and Key being the one that resonated with me the most. Um, so much so that for several years, and I think this was before you knew me, um, I had a little key necklace for a really long time. And like any, like every so often, like an old memory will come up on social media with like me and my key necklace. I'm like, oh man, I miss that necklace. I miss it so much. <laughs> but like that was such a staple in that book, you know, like her moving around a bunch and she had this like key from her like old home. And mine was just like a skeleton key that I kind of stole from Ikea. But, uh, <laughs> um, but I love it. Um, I really, really remembered enjoying that book, you know, yeah, and feeling like it like resonated with me, even though like it still kind of followed that same formula that like didn't actually have any true like matters pertaining to me or people like me. But yeah, I think maybe for I think the thing for me that I related to in her books is the um that the main character is always kind of like struggling to let people in and usually it's because of a sort of like self-protective protectionism uh that's not what i meant to say uh usually it's because of a self-protective perfectionism there we go 
um and i think i related to that kind of like anxiety of well maybe it would just be like easier if i don't know um i think that was the thing that i connected with as a teenager um and that there was pro- there was definitely some value for me in seeing kind of all the like wonderful things that could happen in yeah letting in a person or a group of people even if like the mechanism by which that happened is like not realistic right. or attainable <laughs> right but just that like um even when it feels hard and scary that you can make really valuable connections with people and they can like make your life better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like for me as a teenager, like probably what I most resonated with was that feeling of, um, kind of like otherness that I think that all of our characters embodied, um, even if like looking at it now, I'm like, you're not other at all, right? Like you're, you're just, everybody is doing, is doing or feeling the same thing that you are, even if it's like not like this specific exact like situation. But like for me, like growing up, I, I think I did also like kind of have that feeling of like, oh, I feel different than everyone around me. Or I feel like the things that I'm struggling with are very important right like um or are more important like I like it's kind of like you know you read these books and it's like that person really is kind of the center of the universe right it is all about this main character and the ways that they're interacting with everybody and it kind of almost like very rarely um touches on like well this is like what's going on like for that other person like what they're going through is actually like more important than you know and like the character actually reaching out in that way you know like it doesn't really like it, it kind of does a little bit but like so lightly right it's all about just fixing that main character um which again understandable obviously like they are the main character but I think for me like when I read these books initially it was just like oh like I felt different and I felt um kind of out of place and there's like an out of placeness that I think all of her main characters are always going through you know they're like come back from the summer and now my parents are divorced or come back from the summer my sister has an eating disorder and I don't want to tell anybody it's always this kind of like I don't want to like tell anybody anything thing that I think I very much resonated with as like a 14 year old you know where I'm like well I have things that I'm dealing with and I can't tell anybody I'm all alone right um yeah yeah <laughs> I wish I could like go back to like 14 year old Kiva and be like you're fine like honestly you're <laughs> fine like so much of the shit that is giving you all of this angst right now is not important you know like these two things like focus on that and heal that everything yeah. else you're fine stop relating to these like white girl characters in Sarah books you know <laughs> not the same no wasn't there a book where uh, I can't remember which one it was, but like that where the like main character was like 
super smart and she was like going to um she was like gonna go to like some fancy school but then I don't know I I keep thinking about it because I remembered that that was like one that I liked too um and I think she was like gonna go to like Harvard or something like that you know what I mean like because I know in this lullaby like the main character Remy is like going to Stanford mm-hmm. but it's mostly just to like it's not inherent that she's like smarter than anybody you know it's just that she's just like I want to get away from home and so I'm doing this but I think that that was like a similar plot line in another book where but that main character was actually like worked super hard and like was like this perfect this level of perfectionism in order to get to like this really great school for some reason or another that probably had to do with her parents and um um but then you know meets a guy and like I'm like blanking I know that this happens and I can't do you know what I'm talking about I don't but like I believe you yeah no, I know <laughs> I know like I'm like no that's not one of her books like, yeah I'll you know I'll have there to, are so I'll have to go through the whole catalog them, yeah like- <laughs> right right um yeah what I really love I think m- my favorite thing I would say my favorite thing about the Sarah Dessen books, and this is true of any series. Um, there's a, a few other writers who do this, um, but I love when authors do like these Easter eggs in their books. And I think that's probably also why I'm thinking of this, because I think that there was an Easter egg for the book that I was just naming in one of the other books where they basically like Sarah Dessen will insert characters from her other books or insert the names of towns um like oh like we're going up to Colby this weekend and it's like that's the name of a town where one of her other books is set right or a couple of other other books um and those like little things like I don't know why they just keep me going like I just like (laughs) I'm just like I live for them like I'm like oh my god because I feel like I'm like in you know what I mean like (laughs) like I'm like I'm in on the joke you know um and it it actually like kind of compels me to like even when I like don't recognize something but I can I can recognize that the the way that this person is describing those two people sitting in the diner off in the corner that it's somehow important or relevant you know um and it makes me want to like find the book that those people exist in right and like I'm like what's their story what's going on there and it's like I feel like it's like almost trick it's like tricking me you know I'm like <laughs> like you're like playing on my like brain chemistry to just make me keep reading your books and it's working <laughs> she has like created her own universe of sorts yeah um and I think it does kind of it brings like a certain fullness to the stories because like she's written about Colby a million times. So like she knows, you know what it looks like and where the things are. And then like, as a reader, you also learn those things. Um, my favorite, one of those kind of Easter eggs is spinnerbait. (laughs) Spinnerbait. Hate (laughs) spinnerbait. Yes. Um, in the rest of the story, there is a like um I don't remember if it's happening on the 4th of July but there's something about like there's a band that's going to play on the beach and it was like yeah. spinnerbait and in yeah. my head I was like hate, hate spinnerbait spinner yeah <laughs> every time um yeah and that's like in the three books that I read like it was like referenced just like that like always like really random or like you see a bumper sticker and it's a spinnerbait and you're like uh, you know <laughs> um or the character like the in just listen you know like Owen's so into music that he's like 
really into like he like, goes and see, he sees these people but now I'm realizing oh they were they were the band from uh this lullaby that Remy her musician her messy musician boyfriend like is a part of um but uh yeah like there's always these little tiny references that, that like they bring in and I'm like oh yeah you guys were just you were just talking about this one band that spans all of them you know or just about I don't know a ton of other writers who do that. Like it's different if something is taking like is a series of books, but mm-hmm. writers who have a bunch of like standalone books that are kind of happening in the same um yeah. bubble. I mean, I guess like Tamara Pierce does that with her fantasy novels. A lot of them take place in the same universe. Mm-hmm. Um and so you'll see like characters sort of cross in and out of the stories. Yeah. But I can't think of anyone else who like I've read multiple books from them and they have that sort of like the books are independent, but they have that kind of overlapping. Yeah. Um, do you know who Deb Coletti is? I don't. She is like, I don't, you know, it's such a hard title to give, you know, to say like she's my favorite YA writer. But, like, I think that, so for me, like, what I really love about Sarah Dessen's books were just how, like, the bubblegum of it, you know what I mean? Like, how it was very, I think, helpful to kind of relate in whatever ways I could to these books um, while still, like, having it, like, digestible and, and fun and light and, you know, the girl gets the guy in the end and everything's fine. Um, Deb Coletti is similar but I think that she would kind of deal with more like it would kind of even be a little bit more intense um and I think that that's why I liked her was because it it didn't feel like I was being coddled as much almost you know what I mean um and the situations that those characters would deal with were very similar to Sarah Dessen's um but it just felt like it, it went even deeper and there was actually a lot more at play um, and I love uh, so much of her books, but she would also do this thing where like there was always, and I, to this day, never figured out where it was from, but, and I don't know if it ever got explained. There probably was, I could probably find it online, but there was like this RV and in every book, the characters would be somewhere and I would like look for it, you know, like the characters would be somewhere and they'd be like driving on the highway and they're like, and then this RV passed us. And I'm like, that's it. That's the RV. Like, that's the thing. Like it's <laughs> always just like one RV. And I never figured out like where it came from, like what the original story was or whether it was just the thing that was like this, just to like note that this takes place in that same universe. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. But um, Deb Coletti does that. Um, I feel like a lot of, what I um where I see that is in more like uh like romance novels where I'll feel like characters that are uh, authors that have like a really prolific amount of um like more like kind of fantasy type things where they will um not even inherently make those characters interact like it'll still be very like similar to Sarah Dustin where it's just like occasionally someone will interact but it's just like you're in the same place you know that like has been established like in this other thing you know um and I don't know why I just like always want to I'm like okay now I have to go read this whole series just to like know why they were all in this diner at the same time you know um yeah I love it 
<laughs> so you and I both read Sarah Dessen books as teenagers and are both adult people now who <laughs> write things of varying types um and this is sorry that's my next bio by the way <laughs> i am an adult type person who writes things of various <laughs> types so it's, yeah that yeah. might have used the word type too many yeah. times <laughs> no i love it I um grown-ass people <laughs> grown-ass person i'm a grown-ass person <laughs> um and i'm kind of curious I'm interested in how that like um, consumption of like a lot of someone else's writing plays into being a writer or like how that has informed um, us. Like I, as a teenager, read Sarah Dessen had a live journal okay um well, blast from the past <laughs> yeah live journal um she had a live journal which i read religiously okay. and then also uh laurie house anderson who wrote speak which is another book that yeah. i loved as a teenager um also had a live journal and they would occasionally like interact with each other on live Cute. journal um and i just read both of their blogs as if like it was gonna instill me with some like secret knowledge right um that just by virtue of like reading these two writers talk about their lives and about writing that it was just gonna like that in and of itself was gonna like turn me right into a writer um and I was just sort of like obsessed I think maybe also because that was my like window into like oh real people like write books they don't just, I don't know, they're not just manufactured right, by a yeah. machine somewhere. Right, like, these yeah. are people who um, have lives and also write books. I don't know if it was that, but I was just, uh, like, I just read yeah. so much yeah. of those. Yeah. I wish that I knew about this when I was 14. I probably would have been <laughs> just as obsessed. <laughs> not going to lie. Yeah, I don't know that I read any other, like, blogs from, I mean, other random people on the internet who are right. like my friends or what have you but those two I remember very specifically yeah. reading yeah but were you also like writing a lot like with like were you like kind of even though there might not have been like a lot of like quote-unquote advice right like for people who were writing but they were just kind of blogging about their general lives and things like that but like did you find that like it helped you like kind of inspired you more to like actually write when you were writing? I don't know that I was really well, that's actually not true. I was going to say I wasn't writing, but that's incorrect because I had a uh very frequently updated MySpace blog. Okay. Um which I wrote a lot of like sort of vignettes on, so it would be like a scene about some like fictionalized character which was usually just a thinly veiled like right. thing that had happened to me that <laughs> I wanted to talk about or, like had feelings about or where I was like this should have happened right. this way that's basically my Facebook now so, yeah, <laughs> um so I was doing that I so it wasn't that I wasn't writing 
it's funny though because I'd kind of forgotten about that and I was like I didn't really write anything um but I did and there were definitely a couple of um at one point I tried to like string some of those vignettes together into something longer and so there was like a recurring character so I guess I was I don't know if it had any direct correlation like it probably did but I don't know that I was like thinking about it at the time although maybe it was just enough to be like well these writers have a blog not that they were posting any fiction on it but I was like they're posting things on the internet and like let me also post things on the internet yeah yeah I uh I feel like I I wish I could remember that time more clearly because I think that my approach when I came across like books that I liked um by all these like various authors was just to like kind of just like emulate it as best as possible like take all the things that I liked best about it or all the things that I was like this is garbage and I hate this um and then like execute it um I so fun story um (laughs) when I was um so I started writing when I was uh Okay, let me think. It was 2007, I want to say. Um, yeah, it was 2007. And I was 13, 14. I think I was 13. I remember I was a freshman in high school. And I was the youngest person there. I was like literally 13 and all my friends were 14. And like, it was a huge thing. Everyone was so upset that I was 13. Anyway, um, and so was I. <laughs> and anyway, I'm it's summer. Um, and I am in San Diego visiting my sister who doesn't have any internet at her place. So it's like literally my last week there. I don't know what I was doing the entire time. Like I was on the phone with a friend for most of it, just like wanting to go back home. But then on the last week that we're there, my sister takes me to a library like in San Diego. And this was my first experience with like a a California library where I'm old enough to kind of check out my own books. And I was, um, the librarian tells me that like I can check out 25 books and this is the most exciting thing in the entire world to me like I cannot tell you the amount of joy I had so I went around that library I just very quickly picked out 25 books like 30 minutes before they closed and I took them back knowing that I only had like seven days to read them because I'm leaving I read a few of them and then I come across one (laughs) called If We Kiss um book by Rachel Vale and I hated it I hated it so much like I hated that book so much that like I do feel like I credit it with why I am a writer today because it like it's just so bad I like it feels kind of wrong like it feels mean it feels mean to say that but like it is genuinely the truth like it is not a good book and I like I that's just what it like kind of amounts to is just an ugh because like I read this book it's so bad that halfway through it I'm like I can do better than this like I can write better than this never having written anything before in my life but I was like I can do better than this. So I pull out my laptop, which is not connected to the internet. And I like open like notepad, you know, <laughs> or WordPad because I don't have Microsoft Word. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. And I like wrote a couple of pages. It was like something that I look at now and I'm like, 
also not good. 100% not good. But like, I was so proud of it. And like, honestly, I genuinely at the time was like, what I am writing is better than this book. (laughs) It's better. It's just better. Like, it was just more compelling in every way. Like, uh, it was awful. Um, Yeah. And then I, I read another book that I didn't like as much as well. It was like two books that I like all the rest of them I loved. Um, and I ended up reading like 12 of the like 25. I had nothing to do. <laughs> like I don't get along with my sister very well and we had no internet. So it's like I just sat in the room and avoided everybody for a whole summer. Um, and for that week I read a lot of books. Um, and yeah, there was that one. And then there was something, uh, it's by she's married to Westerman what's his first name oh Scott Scott Westerman yeah wait no Scott Westerfield Westerfield yeah she's I think she's married to him or has some like really close connection to him because like she wrote this book about like fairies or something um and she had like I don't know it was like this world in which everybody has their own type of fairy and um I don't think the fairies are like seen at all. It's just like you're like kind of born with this like fairy. And like she was born with like a parking fairy or something like that. <laughs> where she was able to like. I definitely did not read this. <laughs> it was like so weird. Like I, I enjoyed the premise of the book. I enjoyed the premise of it, but like did not like the execution. Um, <laughs> and uh but those two books like especially if we kiss like I was just like this is atrocious this is just so bad and I can do better this and then I read the the fairy book and I was like this one got me really interested in like fantasy and like writing for that but I was like I don't like the way that this is executed so I feel like I could write like fantasy better than this um And like, I just like, I started writing and I never stopped, you know, like I wrote like a full novel when I was like 16. That is also very bad. But like, but that's a big deal to like have done that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's really cool. I think it's really cool that I did that. Like at the time I was like, I don't know, whatever. Like, it's just the thing that I'm doing. And I would post it. Do you know what Booksy is? Or do you remember that? It was like this like writing website where like people you'd like post everything by chapter and you like kind of had your own profile and then like your own like bookshelf type thing where like these are all of your books that you're like reading. And then like people you would have like followers like fans Um, and then people could like and then you'd post everything by chapter and like people would comment on that chapter and be like, oh, my God, I love it. Please don't like please have more. So I ended up getting like. A, a small following. Keep This is amazing. (laughs) I don't I mean. At the time, it was just, like, it was basically, like, my social media. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I didn't, like, I had a MySpace, but it wasn't, like, a big thing for me. But, like, Booksy, like, I was, like, I have, like, really, like, I have friends now that I still, like, I mean, like, we're friends on Facebook now. We don't talk as much. But, like, I love them still so dearly because, like, I met them there. I ended up, like, going to Michigan to, like, meet them. <laughs> and, like, they, like, contact one of them, like, contacted me and was, like, hey, like, can you can I use like two of your characters for like a book that a book that I'm writing? I think that they would be really good like parents for like my characters. Like it would be like set in the future. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And we became really good friends after that. Um, but yeah, like I had like, I had thousands of people like reading these, like this really awful like book that I wrote um, where it was basically just me. Like it was literally just like me, like this like fantasy fairy tale in which I meet like a perfect guy, right? And just like fall in love. And it's so bad. It's so bad. Um, 
but yeah, I, I credit it all to If We Kiss by Rachel Vale. <laughs> That's amazing. Also, like one of the great things about the early internet that you could just like, pe- people were just like looking for things to do, I feel yeah. like. A fact that I have not widely shared before is that I had a podcast as a teenager. This Did was you? like before podcasts were yeah. cool. Um, <laughs> and Wait, what was it called? Oh, I'm not going to. Okay, no, it's fine. <laughs> I was just like, I was curious if it had like a cute name, you know? Um I did so I haven't gone back to listen to it but I did find that you can it still exists uh via the Wayback machine. I found it. I was like I wonder if this is still yeah out there. And um you can't it's still you can listen to it but like um it but was you're just, not going to tell us what it's called so we can't listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm not going. No, I'm not I'm not trying to pressure you. I just like the idea of it. We can uh, listen to it but we can't. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean if somebody wants to try and find it, I don't think you could find it by searching my name though. Anyway, <laughs> So um, so don't Google it. Don't look her up. <laughs> You'll find five pages of me doing other random shit on the internet, but right. not that. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember like what the like listener numbers were, but like people were listening to it. Like arguably, probably more people listened to that than listen to this podcast now <laughs> that I'm making as a grown ass adult. Um, and it was just like me giving my opinions and talking about my life and yeah. playing music I didn't have the rights to <laughs> and like posting it on the internet yeah. and like people were listening to it because yeah. I don't know yeah well because it's like well now there's so much right it, the internet's grown so exponentially as like in terms of what it's used for and I think at the time like kind of like you were saying like people were kind of searching for like better or more interesting ways to use the internet you know and we're more we're we're more open to uh trying and failing you know to find something you know what I mean rather than like I think now our attention spans are so low when it comes to the internet we're like we can look at something for a few seconds or listen to something for a few seconds and be like okay I'm done with this like I'm not into it you know what I mean whereas like I feel like back then you would sit with things more you would give things more of your attention and your time and like I think that if I were to try to that same book, even if it was written better, right, on some newer website that was, you know, what's that one that everyone uses? The like Wattpad? Wattpad, that's it. Thank you. Um, like if I were to try to like put something on there, you know, like I don't think that anyone would care. You know what I mean? Like it would just be like lost, you know? Um, and yeah, there's something to be said about like, having some kind of medium back then where like you really like did get to engage with people in a way that like you wouldn't be able to do now the internet man so we um have talked about this a little bit uh but one of the things that i'm kind of interested in is how sarah dessen's work exists in the the YA landscape of today because like um she's been publishing for like 20 years um and so like when her first books came out YA was really small and then you know started to get bigger and now um is a huge category 
Um, like I remember when I was growing up, my local Barnes and Noble, the like YA section, and there was a YA section at the time, which I think um, is because it was at like the beginning of the YA boom. Because I think like two years prior, it probably would have just been like next to all of the kids books. Right. Um, but it was like two book cases, but like just the front. Cause I remember going to the bookstore and I, I was like, this is the place where I stand and I look at the books. Right. Um, it was two bookcases next to the religion and spirituality section, like at the back of the bookstore, <laughs> you had to be like going there very specifically right. to like find them. <laughs> and now in that same bookstore, the section has like moved forward in the store and has like three entire aisles wow. that are all YA and it's divided up then by sections within that so you've got yeah. like your YA right. romance and your YA paranormal and right, like yeah. that was definitely not yeah. you know what it was like yeah when I was growing it. up yeah <laughs> yeah I mean it makes me super excited I'm like look at all like there's so yeah. many options right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I uh I definitely remember that like as a concept too I don't have a an exact like this Barnes and Nobles but like yeah I remember I think kind of like before Twilight, right? That that was um very much like a subgenre, you know, of like yeah, books are being written for teens, but it's not very vast, you know, it's not like teens don't read, right? Like they don't really care about reading. Um computers are th- computers are in, <laughs> you know. <laughs> books are out, but like yeah, like I think right around then where um where like twilight came out and like sarah dessen also like became a lot more popular like around that time um where so many other writers were i think part of it was just like trying to emulate part of it was like i think trying to emulate the success of these other novels but then the other part were like genuinely good writers who just like hadn't really because there wasn't a huge market for it you know their books weren't getting published and then once there was that market like all these really great writers started to kind of come out of the woodwork and like get deals and like you would see their books on the shelves and it just has grown so much you know and my favorite thing is like going to like any bookstore and I'm like okay I look for the poetry and I look for the YA novels (laughs) like those are the only sections I like really care about stopping in you know um and just like sitting there and it just existing and I'm like, oh my God, I love this. Oh, they wrote a new book. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, this kind of reminds me of that one book I read like 10 years ago about this one thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like her, Sarah Dessen's like place has been like pretty like established, you know, um, to the point where apparently she's still writing books, you know, like, and I, I did kind of know this as like a concept, but like for me it feels almost a little dated I think because now that I'm an adult and I can recognize a little bit more that I like don't inherently identify with her material anymore um outside of like nostalgia right um and being like I love Sarah Dessen like I just love her even if I don't you know what I mean like don't care as much anymore I'm like no but I still love her like you know what I mean she's a YA queen um (laughs) Um, I think she really led the way for a lot of other writers to, to have a chance and to come up with things that 
that maybe aren't in her wheelhouse you know like talking about like queerness talking about like people of color like just all these things that like go a lot deeper than her specific material like she really opened the way for a lot of those those authors yeah i think particularly i guess this is this like all of the entertainment industry is like this regardless of the medium but in publishing so much of like getting a book deal is like well what are the comps like what are other books that are like this book that have done well and so for sarah Dessen to have like such a huge body of work and like to have those be successful you're right it has totally made other books yeah possible yeah I have been thinking about would I recommend a Sarah Dessen book to a teenager now because mm-hmm. like you said the the mis- nostalgia factor is like very strong for me right so like I would you know reread her books or like I read you know one of her more recent books um, at this point I realized I've read all of her books except for one so then I checked that one out at from Libby so that yeah. I could be a completionist and be like I've read every <laughs> book that Sarah Dessen ever published right um, and like I think that they are good books like they're well written she knows how to like write a absolutely a book she that like she's that structure is very well worked out and she can really like execute on it so it's not like um if we kiss where I'm like I could not reckon like this is no no one should read this I mean if some if a teenager came to me and like hey I want to start writing what should I do I'd be like you should read if we kiss (laughs) Rachel (laughs) Mail because it really helped me um it will just (laughs) yeah so like I wouldn't it's not like because there are definitely um things that I read or watched that like I enjoyed as a teenager that um now I'm like no those things weren't right (laughs) like they were not well done (laughs) in any way um I just enjoyed them and that's fine and I would, but I would say like Sarah Dessen's books, I don't feel like that per se in that like, I do think that they're well done for mm-hmm. what they are. They just right. have all of the sort of problems that we've already right. talked about. Um, but I think it would be, I don't think that I could actually give them to a teenager now given like, there are so many other options that are like more diverse or more realistic that yeah. like are actually going to speak to like a real world experience a little bit more. Yeah, I agree. I also think that like, so now I like the climate of the world changed so much. And the things that like, the things that I care about now, right. Are the things that teenagers, that teenagers now care about. You know what I mean? Like this is like when I think about like diversity and inclusion and, queerness and like being a marginalized person in society in whatever way right like these are all things that like I've learned I've learned outside of high school like I've learned these things like over the last like really like the last 10 years of my life you know and it's really interesting to see how like teenagers now these are things that they already care about that they're already fighting for that they're already like discussing or 
are very aware of and don't care about, but they know, right? And so to like kind of recommend something to Sarah, like Sarah Dessen to a teenager now, like I think would be really like kind of blind to the reality of, of how the world like has moved. Um, where if they're just kind of looking for something like really light and kind of really don't care about, you know, like diversity and inclusion, or they are just kind of like middle class and like, and white and their parents have just gone through a divorce. I'd be like, yeah, absolutely. And you'll identify with this very strongly. But like, I think for the most part, it's like, yeah, I am going to choose something by someone that I think like really is more representative of what our world really looks like and what people are really talking about more now even if it isn't so deep within those realms you know but it is something that just like has black characters you know what I mean or like has queer characters and it isn't like a random subplot that like doesn't really get discussed right like it's just it, it you know yeah yeah um for you is there any other like authors that like around that time that you think that you would suggest to someone like who were some other like uh fan faves you know chelsea's faves uh from around that time that you feel like you you could kind of recommend to a teenager now i actually don't know if there's anything that i read as a teenager that i would well okay um as a freshman in high school um, I read John Green's Looking for Alaska mm-hmm. and I would still probably, I don't think that would be the first thing that I would recommend. Yeah. I think there are a lot of, the first things I would recommend would be books that have come out more recently, but yeah. that is a book that I still, um, would probably recommend. Yeah. Um, and then a book that I would definitely recommend that I also read for the first time as a freshman in high school is The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Solid, yeah. Yeah, and, like, I've reread Perks a bunch of times <laughs> and, like, have a lot of, like, sentimental attachments to it. And I, like, read it as a freshman in high school and then I read it again as a senior. Um, and we actually read it in a modern literature class that I took as a senior with my favorite um high school English teacher and so then all my friends that were also reading it at the same time so I have like a lot of emotional connection to perks um so I would still recommend that one um yeah Yeah. perks I think is is for me I feel like will probably be like a timeless a timeless classic like um yeah I'd recommend that to anyone anytime (laughs) yeah were there authors that like who were other authors that you just like loved around that time though like you kind of mentioned like Pierce and obviously Dessen and was there someone else and presumably you liked other John Green books or was it just looking for Oscar for you um I have read other John Green books since then but they were um I think it was a while before I read any of his other books it's funny that copy of looking for alaska i got like in the school library and it was like an advanced readers copy (laughs) so it was like i mean it was his first book so like no one was read like john green was not the john green that he is today like at that time um i've read 
a number of his other books now and I would say like have enjoyed them all but none of them were things where I was like deeply emotionally attached right. yeah. to them um Tamara Pierce though was a big part of my um my adolescence I read a lot of fantasy um at that time but I really can't think of I honestly think I read pretty indiscriminately I would just sort of like go to the library and be like this cover looks cool and right. then like read the book yeah um and like don't judge a book by your cover unless you're a teen in a <laughs> YA section because you absolutely have to yeah I at the time was really uh into do you know who Gail Foreman is I know the name, but I don't know that I've read. Yeah. Like, Difficulty, as I said earlier, um, Gail Foreman. See, it's like I say Difficulty now. I'm like, okay, but Gail Foreman, I think, actually was my favorite. I don't know. <laughs> but I was like, for me, I read pretty indiscriminately. But, like, there was always, like, a few people that I was like, no matter what else this person writes, I will always read their work, you know? Um, and Gail Foreman was, like, so big for me. Um, the... Um, I think Gil Foreman was the author of If I Stay, which was yeah. ado adopted into a movie. Um, I think I, I remember buying that at the bookstore yeah. and then I didn't actually read it or I didn't actually finish it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's hard to hear. It's hard to hear. Um, <laughs> I, I like love that book. Um, Lauren Oliver. I don't know if you. Um, I think. I, I ended up, I, there was this running joke with my brother, my younger brother, in which I'd always like read these things and then, um, would kind of like relay random things to him. He'd be like, what are you reading? And I'd kind of just say something, you know, and then what would happen is like a year later or so, or like sometime later, it could be like five years later, like my brother would be like, Hey, remember that book you read? Like they're making a movie or a show about it. <laughs> I'm like, no, like, and so it was like this running joke that like the government was like just monitoring or not the government, I guess like the publishing companies <laughs> were like monitoring the things that I was reading because like, I feel like I read um, a lot of things that ended up becoming like TV shows and things. Um, so Lauren Oliver wrote um, Before I Fall, which ended oh. up becoming adapted into a uh, tv sh or a tv a movie is on netflix i think i i queued it on my netflix and i haven't watched it because i feel like it would just ruin it would be bad I, I feel like it's gonna be bad because how can anything be as good as this book um <laughs> but um i think that she also it's been so long um she wrote this series that became this like fox tv show in which like love was like outlawed i wish i could remember what it's called but it was like love was like considered like to be um like an act of like rebellion like you couldn't love and like it, it was like set in this like whole like universe you know um and it's like so good it's just so good <laughs> um 100 like i i say that now like 100 would recommend it to a teen now because i'm like i felt like it wasn't conceptually wasn't like just about like this teenager who you know what i mean like it's all about this like cd war not cd but it was like this like series of like two maybe three books in which like like love is like love conquers all right <laughs> but it wasn't just like love conquers all it was like it got deep you know yeah um yeah those uh justina chen headley did you ever read her 
um i really liked her because she was like asian american and there weren't i feel like a lot of like books that i personally enjoyed like that i would like first that i would find that were like written by people who weren't white right um and then who like and then the few that i like kind of did find by like like people of color weren't inherently like i didn't like there were things in them that i actually identified with but i like didn't inherently enjoy them any more than the other things and i think that was partially just because i had been so inundated with like these like white authors and their style that i like just ended up kind of enjoying them more where i think that that like wouldn't be the case now right like i don't, I don't think that, that would be the case at all now um but i, I really like justina chen headley and she had like a series of books that were like all similarly like kind of these like like middle middle class characters dealing with their things but yeah 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 um I know my sister read, um, I can't remember the author's name, but Crank. And then there were, she did, the same author did a variety of like other books, I think in verse. Yeah. Yeah. I remember those. I remember like my, my most like emo friends were like really <laughs> yeah. into those books. <laughs> and I was like, I don't get it. Like I read, I think I read Crank. And it was all like a series of kind of like, wasn't it like just like series kind of like poetic, like part of it was like a poem and then the other was like a random email or something. And the other was, and it would just kind of like be, I, I like that conceptually, but I think like I like it conceptually now. And at the time I was like, this is weird. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, David Levithan, I would recommend him, I think throughout the times even if he's like a white man but he's queer and i felt like i saw a lot of queer characters in david levithan's like work is he though there's a book that john green co-wrote with someone okay. it is david levithan yeah um i didn't like it i think that's the only thing of his that i've read will grayson will grayson and i did not like it but I can't, I also can't tell you why I didn't like yeah. it. So maybe if I went and reread it now, I'd be like, oh yeah. no, this is great. I'm, yeah. Maybe, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know what it was. But I remembered loving it, but I could reread it now and be like, <laughs> oh, I don't like this at all. But um, I I love David Levithan. So David Levithan is actually a publisher. Yeah. And so he published like, like all of those people, like not all those people, but like so many of those people like that ended up becoming like really famous like he worked I think for HarperCollins um or Random House but I think it was HarperCollins um and so everyone that like I kind of read around that time like if I look in the acknowledgments I'd be like and thank you David Levithan like publisher you yeah know, I mean he continues to be like yeah. a like a big yeah name that yeah is a big part of a lot of people's careers yeah, yeah. but it was just like I think if I needed something like queer, you know what I mean? I was like, I can go to David Levithan and find that. Uh, he wrote Nick and Nora. He co-wrote uh, that with Rachel Cohn. Okay. Yeah. I did like Nick and Nora. Yeah. I love Nick and Nora. I didn't, they have three books together, I think. I actually read it after the movie came out because I saw the movie. Gotcha. And yeah. I was like, I think I, I read like it after. This. Yeah. I read it after the movie too, which I actually appreciate more because you know, that thing where like you, you read the book and then nothing just nothing yeah. can compare i think i would have not liked that movie if i had read the book first but i was kind of able to enjoy it more as two separate entities because i was able to read the book yeah um afterwards but yeah like he's written three books with rachel Cohn, and um 
Nick and Nora, in my opinion, is by far the best. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But also, similarly, uh, they do a thing in those in which, I think, am I remembering this correctly? In which they have those, like, little Easter eggs. There's, like, a tiny little thing that kind of connects the books and, like, exists and that establishes them as existing in the same universe. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. I don't know. There's so many authors so many things that I could say but I feel like those are probably like my biggest like YA influences that like really like stuck out to me yeah yeah it's funny because I read a lot of YA now as an adult and I was definitely reading it as a teenager but Sarah Dessen is Sarah Dessen and Tamara Pierce are the people that like really stand out in my mind is like these I read as a teenager and I thought they were really great it's like hard for me to think of who else was I reading at the time which is kind of funny yeah I think for me too it's like there was one year um I think probably my sophomore or junior year of high school in which I kind of just came up with this challenge in which I wanted to read so what happens is in Florida I don't know if they do this here but I went to high school in Florida and every summer the schools would publish this like list of 25 books that were like the summer reading list basically I mean, it wasn't sorry it wasn't the summer reading list what it was was the like year-long reading list so there was like 25 books that like you were they would publish it at the end of the summer so then going into school like in your English class or whatever like your language arts class they would make you they would give you that list and they'd say um pretty much every time you read one of these books you would get like a prize and it was like a sticker or like a pencil or something but like and then the student that read the most books like the most of them and like I think did it before the other students or something would get like some special special thing right like some commendation I live for shit like that you know what I mean (laughs) I'm like oh you want me to just read like and not even just for fun you like want to like me I'm gonna be better than everybody by reading all these books yes and so like every year like right before like school would start I'd be like I would look at the list in the summer and then I'd be like okay so I would already be like a little a few steps ahead like it was like every five books so it wasn't every book but it was like every five books that you read from that list you like received a prize and then if you read all 25 you received like an extra special prize um And one of those years I decided that I was going to extend that and read like to see how many books I could read in one school year. And I got to like 115 or something like really close to that. Like I I, I surpassed 100 and I was like aiming for like 125 or 150 or something. And I like didn't make that mark. But like I ended up getting like over 100 and I was like writing them all down. And like I would like make a little note like I really love this book or like I really like this. and so I think that that was also really helpful for me in terms of remembering this like a whole ass decade later yeah. <laughs> of being like, yeah, this is also who I was reading around that time. Because like I, I loved David Levithan so much. Like I really loved John Green's books. I really loved Sarah Dessen, you know? And, and so it was like easy for me to kind of be like, yeah, like these are the things that I'm, that I find important. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah my uh the libraries in vegas did kind of a similar thing it wasn't a specific list of books but it was that same like okay if you read this many books like you get a prize like um to encourage kids to read things gamification man (laughs) 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. It. I don't know why, but it. That's the only way. Honestly, the only way I can get things done in my life is if I turn it into some like mental mind game. I'm like, how fast can I clean my house today? <laughs> you know. <laughs> If I clean my whole, and it's like, I don't even need a prize. I don't even, I don't need the prize. The prize is the game. <laughs> it's like, it's a problem. It's the winning. It's the winning. Like I need to win and I win. If I win, then I win, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, like before, you know, when we were kind of talking about doing this, I'm like, okay, I'm going to like, I like, I was in the middle of like finals and things like that for school and I was like, I got to catch up on some Sardescent. And so I was like, how many books by Sardescent can I read? Like, how prepared can I be? You know what I mean? And I only got to three and I like really wanted to get lock and key. And I was just going to like bite the bullet and like buy it on Kindle um, and just like do it. I was like, I feel like I can get one more before this. And I couldn't because I'm trying to finish the office before it leaves on January 1st. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> um, okay, so you um touched on this a little bit. Um, but my really one of my favorite parts of doing the show is asking um what people would recommend. So I'm curious what you would recommend to fans of Sarah Dessen. Um yeah, I mean, to fans of Sarah Dessen, definitely the authors that I, like, if you're a specific fan of Sarah Dessen, m- with all of that, with everything that that entails, meaning, like, you are specifically kind of looking for something that might be a little dated um, and something that isn't really touching on a lot of, um, that touches on heavy themes, but in kind of a... Um, a digestible way, right? I would definitely say um, Gail Foreman, Deb Coletti um, are are the biggest. Um, I probably wouldn't recommend like a John Green or something like that because I think that like his characters, it's a lot more heady. I think those books are, you know. Um, but yeah, definitely those two. Justina Chen Headley, I think, is um, she has this book called North of Beautiful um, that I think like if absent of like, if you just gave me that book and you were like, guess which, like, YA author, like, wrote this, I would, like, Sarah Dessen would be probably, like, a guess. And I don't think that they're, they're writing, they're, their formulas are very similar, right? Um, even if their writing styles are, are different. Um, but I definitely think, like, Justina Chen Headley would be, would be a really good option for that. And then, like, Lauren Oliver, but not her stuff that, like, is more fantasy. Um, if you're not... Like if you're if you're reading Sarah Dessen, you 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 might not be specifically into fantasy because like I I don't think any of her stuff ever touches on that. It's all like very rooted in like you know kind of suburbia. Um, it's all really rooted in suburbia. Um, but yeah, like Lauren Oliver's stuff. Yeah, oh, man, I just want to go read. I just want to read now. <laughs> <laughs> like I think. You can't go wrong with any of those people if you're if you're a fan of Sarah Dessen. Great. Those are great recommendations. So I would say some of the things that stand out to me as like fundamental tenets of Sarah Dessen novels are um, a love story and then some element of like 
perfectionism and or trying to find your place in the world. Uh, And so with that in mind, I have three books that I would recommend. Um, I Believe in a Thing Called Love by Maureen Gu. Um, It is very funny. Maureen Gu's books are like much funnier than Sarah Dessen's are on the whole. Um, So I would recommend that. Um, I'd recommend The Voting Booth by Brandy Colbert and Look by friend of the podcast, San Romanoff. Um, All of those books have some element of like a love story and a lot of feelings of like having to be good at everything or a sense of like obligation. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just remembered an author. Um, Stephanie Perkins. Do you know who that is? I know the name. I was like obsessed. She has she probably again it's been forever um and she probably has other books now but the three it's like three in a series that all kind of easter eggy like they all somehow know each other like is the distant cousin of this person um stephanie perkins wrote these three books called like i think the first one was like anna and the french kiss and Um. then lola and the boy next door and actually now I'm thinking Anna and the French Kiss was the third one. So there was one and then Lola and the Boy Next Door and then Anna and the French Kiss. But I can't remember what the first one was. But it's those three and they're like all the the covers of them look exactly the same. So like you'll be able to identify which the third of the pair is. Um, but I was obsessed. And they are, again, like similarly, like a lot funnier. Like Sarah Dustin doesn't um, typically utilize a lot of humor in her in her books and I I genuinely like I typically enjoy that you know like books that like really make me laugh out loud like there's some like funny moments of course but um yeah I think uh Stephanie Perkins like utilizes a lot more humor I really like Rainbow Rowell yes I I almost um had I had Eleanor and Park on this list and I was like because that's a really good and definitely like a YA classic yeah Eleanor Eleanor Park I won that book in like on booksy like (laughs) for like this like writing contest thing that they were doing and I like won a copy of it um and it just blew my whole world open I was like what like it was amazing yeah she's great she's great okay okay um (laughs) this has been great uh it's been wonderful to talk about Sarah Dessen with you Kiva yeah thanks for having me this show is produced by me, Chelsea Bergen. The music is I Know by Grapes, licensed under a Creative Commons by license. You can find the show on Instagram at Casually Obsessed Podcast and the show notes for this episode at casuallyobsessedpodcast.com. 